Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Anthony Heron, score football analyst. David Montgomery struggled with early in his career. There's a lot of dancing in the backfield. He's gotten more and more effective throughout his time with the Bears at getting downhill. Former NFL defensive lineman and Iowa Hawkeye. And as long as that ends up being the case, hey, Bishop, I'm still on the radio. No, it's all right. He can hang. Paw Patrol. I need another Paw Patrol. Okay, I'm going to come turn <laughs> yeah, it on in just yeah, a couple get, of get, moments, all right? Big and Heron. Mr. Hedden, I want to compliment you. You're doing a fine job. With Bernstein and Holmes on the score. We got to hook up with Big Ant here in just a moment. Anthony Heron joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And Big Ant, part of the the pregame show every Sunday, sometimes Saturdays, here on The Score. 9 a.m. to noon, Molly, Patrick, and Anthony Post game for two hours after the game ends, Molly and Patrick. Oh man, this this, this is worthless. <laughs> <laughs> I need some commas in my reads. <laughs> Jesus, what what is? Yeah, this? I'll take I'll take the blame on that one. So what's happening on Sunday? Tell me what's happening Bears. on Sunday. Bears are happening. Okay, there'll be a pregame show. There'll be a postgame show, and Anthony Heron will be. Anthony will be. How all dare you give me a, up in it? A commaless. I know. I, I really Ron Burgundy on that one, Good huh? God, man. Uh, is Anthony Heron with Is Is he here? He is here. Yeah, go ahead. I, I have it for you here, buddy. Okay, here it is. From, from 9 to noon, Molly, Patrick, and Big Ant will have our pregame. Postgame, yeah. two hours after, two hours after the game. So say 3.15 to 5.15. Let's call it that roughly. It'll be Molly and Manley. And then post-post, our yeah. buddy, no, post, Anthony, post. until not, until 6.30, we'll, ha- we'll take you into Steelers-Ravens. So oh, you, he'll okay. take you right up. And I was going to make a Trubisky joke, but it probably be Kenny Pickett. But uh, Ant will have it for you. Anthony Heron joins us. What's going on, Big Ant? How you doing, man? Bro, Zaspo, doing great, man. Uh, yeah, the, the punctuations, like, you know, <laughs> commas, um, parentheses, when, when it fits the situation, I'm all about punctuation even via text you know yeah. becomes a running joke sometimes oh. in some of my group texts that you know whether it's a period an apostrophe you know and an exclamation mark question mark when it suits the situation i'm all about complete sentences and punctuation where it fits and capital letters are cool too when necessary <laughs> yeah. like i'm yeah. so I'm down with it. it kids grammar is cool i like people with good I'm with grammar you. 
and good words and things like that and run-on sentences just suck, especially when you're trying to read them in radio. Oh, so, I'm sorry. I thought yeah. I was dealing with the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, nice. that's true. But you know what? Since I'm a Hall of Famer, I'm also a little bit of a diva. There you so, go. See, I will not some accept drawbacks. punctuation-less Grammar copy. police. Um, Anthony, what did you derive from the Bears' 35-13 loss to the Buffalo Bills? Uh Make sure you fill Groats' bowl full with only green M&Ms, by the way. I don't know if, if that was in his rider. <laughs> that's right. He showed up at two the other day to make sure Thank that you. that's the case. Yes. What we saw uh, on Christmas Eve, on the eve of Christmas Eve. That's correct. Day. So that that Bears, was Christmas yeah. Eve. You are oriented correctly, yes. It, yeah, because I've had my own personal planes, trains, and automobiles going on getting out east with the in-laws here. Uh-huh. But I made it in one piece after all my Bears duties were completed that day. But I'll say this, man, I, I did think while, you know, statistically an unspectacular performance by Justin Fields, the one thing that I talked about myself, Jim Miller, Luke Nellis on Bears postgame live over on Fox 32, I was really impressed just by the control that Justin Fields continues to display. And it's one of these things where, you know, I don't know, who, whoever the, the folks are who who still find themselves either displeased or disillusioned with what we're witnessing right now from Justin Fields, you know, this, this is not and, and should not be considered the peak of his powers, the height of the performance that anyone should expect him to achieve at some point during his career. But, you know, the responsible way to view his performance this season is just through the lens of his development as a quarterback. And even in, you know, the, the reason by comparing uh, Justin Fields with Trevor Lawrence and frankly, all the other quarterbacks that came out that year. But the reason I had Justin Fields and continue to have Justin Fields as the number two quarterback in that draft cycle to Trevor Lawrence is that Justin Fields has a lot of the, just the pure, raw, natural traits you hope for as a quarterback. And throughout his time in college showed immense accuracy with the football, especially on the deep balls we've all talked about a lot. But then in addition to that, he's a guy who's been tested at the highest of levels at Ohio State, whether it was games that they were, you know, they had a huge personnel advantage all over the field or in games where they did not have a sizable personnel advantage. And you saw a guy who was able to command the moment, rise to the occasion, you know, game in and game out. And, and the way that he attacks his preparation, all those things just lead me to believe he's going to get better and better each season of his career. Now, that being said, the reason Trevor Lawrence, in my estimation, is, was and continues to be a better sort of, you know, all-around prospect as a quarterback is because being more of a, a true point guard as a passer comes more naturally to Trevor Lawrence, throwing with anticipation some of the things that we've talked about with Justin Fields, while at the same time, I do believe Justin Fields, we're seeing week in and week out him develop more of those anticipatory throws. The accuracy continues to improve. And when you factor in what he's surrounded by at the moment, why I was impressed with his performance against Buffalo is that in a game where the Bears had, a, what was it, a 10 to 6 lead at the half, in a game where Josh Allen was struggling mightily in those, the wind conditions and the chilly climates and everything that, you know, the Buffalo quarterback and the Bills offense, they, they've played in that plenty. But we saw Josh Allen have a, have a pretty bad game, especially by the standard he's begun to set here. And Justin Fields just continued to play within himself. He wasn't forcing the issue. You rarely see 
any enhanced level of frustration with the moment showing from Fields. You know, he's become, I was talking about this last week with Dan and Lawrence, you're seeing him become a bit more demanding of his teammates and at, at certain points maybe frustrated with officials like that hit to the back of the head from Ndamukong Sue a couple of games ago. But he's not a guy who, as we watch him, with very limited players outside of receiver with the struggles of the pass protection, especially early in the season, struggles at times with his own performance. But I rarely get the sense that Justin Fields feels overmatched, that he's forcing the issue in situations. Like it's one thing, all right, a late game interception on a fourth down where the game's out of reach, but you're just kind of taking a chance. But as far as just the decision-making and the field generalship of knowing what he's looking at, what he wants to accomplish, and just being able to get those things done and just processing the game at a high level, even in a game against the best team in the AFC, one of the Super Bowl frontrunners, you didn't see Justin Fields look out of sorts, look like he was forcing the issue. It was a very controlled effort from him that, frankly, he wouldn't have been capable of during the first month of the season. I, I just think that watching him look comfortable and still find a way to move the football in the face of his team as a whole being so overmatched by Buffalo, I, just, I think it was a really another, another really impressive look at his ability to, to be able to command what he's looking at and still play within himself, even in the midst of a game that, you know, I think a lot of young quarterbacks would have found themselves maybe pressing the issue, forcing the football, trying to do too much. And his willingness to only come out of that game with seven rushing attempts, I think that speaks to the continued mental and emotional development that we're witnessing. It's a Bears Monday brought to you by Horizon Therapeutics here. Grody and Esposito in for Bernstein and Holmes. And Ant, uh, as you were talking about what Fields has gotten better at, uh, I'm watching highlights from yesterday's Packers-Dolphins game. And you talk about a quarterback playing his team out of the playoffs. And I'm not going to place the blame solely on Tua for what's happening with the Dolphins, but... He certainly threw that game away literally yesterday against the Packers in a game they had to win. It's a very important thing in terms of not only what they do on the field, but what they don't do on the field. Yeah, it's unfortunate when you think of the, the season that Tua Tagovailoa had been putting together up to this recent stretch here where he was a guy through the first half of the year that was you know rightfully in the MVP discussion and We've seen opponents start to get more of a beat on the Dolphins' offense. We've seen Tyreek Hill trying to play through some soft tissue issues and not necessarily having, you know, because what Tyreek Hill does to opponents goes beyond just when we actually see the highlight play of him with the football in his hands, but how his his just his blur-like speed, the way that he can lengthen the coverage. You know, medical professionals would define him as having six speed, where he just he can just come off the line of scrimmage with such explosion and violence, and it, it just forces speed into the feet of defenders. So even when he doesn't have the football, he's a coverage dictator. And then certainly when he has the football, then he's one of these guys who, who can put it in the end zone at a moment's notice. But we've seen the, the overall effectiveness and explosion of the Dolphins' offense begin to diminish a bit with the ability to put the football into the end zone, especially. So opponents are getting a bit more of a bead on how, how Miami operates offensively. And to talk about Loa, especially in you know, the latter moments, latter, latter stages of a, a critical game like that for the Dolphins, not playing at his peak. You know, again, he's, he's just a quarterback who's only one year beyond Justin Fields right now. So I think it's more than fair 
to still view on Tua Tagovailoa on his first contract right now as still a young quarterback prospect, while at the same time, he, he is a guy who you want to continue to see more of in some of these key moments in game. And, you know, we saw him be able to handle that in college fairly well. Now, again, he was at Alabama, of course, and that was part of the knock on him in the, the evaluation cycle is that he's not sort of a physical behemoth. He's not a physical marvel as a quarterback, just kind of traits that are good enough, maybe Baker Mayfield-esque in his just physical attributes, while at the same time, he is a guy who who's able to perform at a really high level with elite-level talent around him and have big throws in some critical moments, but also some key mistakes in some critical moments when Alabama was tested. So I would say the, the book is still open. I'm still talking about low, but we're seeing a player that certainly has taken a big leap this season, while at the same time, you do see at times where some of those physical limitations, I suppose, for lack of a better term, because he, he's got enough mobility to do what you want an NFL quarterback to do and enough arm talent to be able to get the job done, but it's not elite. And so when you get into the latter stages of the season, when defenses are likely playing at their peak, and when the moments are at their biggest in late season games and in playoff games, if he gets to that point, kind of Kirk Cousins style. Sometimes if, you, if you're if you a little bit slower mentally, that's where some of the immense physical traits can take over if you are elite physically. Since two is not elite physically, he has to consistently be elite mentally and emotionally. And that's where, you know, if you take an, an unforced error or if you're a little bit late on a throw or if your mechanics wane a bit, if your nerves tense up on you, all those things can end up affecting a quarterback like Tua in an enhanced way over some of the players who are more elite physically. Anthony, Justin Fields, seven carries for 11 yards in this game. What did you see that Buffalo was doing to contain him so well? Honestly, Gross, it's been the last couple of games here. We've seen opponents show the ability to stop the lateral run game, the outside run game of Justin Fields and the Bears. And, you know, Philadelphia was able to be pretty effective in stopping him from running laterally. You're seeing pursuit angles be coached by by the opposing defensive coordinators. And so as soon as Justin Fields starts to take off sideways, then guys aren't even necessarily telling themselves, let me try to chase him down to tackle him. You see pursuit angles that are saying, let's not let him get the edge. Let's stop him from turning the corner. So defenders will truly, they'll literally turn and just run toward the sideline and not even try to pursue at the angle of impact for Justin Fields. And that does tend to force him to have to either belly when he's a ball carrier, belly meaning, you know, adjust his angle backwards to try and create an additional, you know, angle for him to turn the corner. But then that does mean you're taking a longer time, more of a looping route to try and get to sort of the moment of truth where you want to turn a corner on a defender. So if he can't get to the edge in that regard, more defenders are in a position to pursue. And so that either leads him to running out of bounds or when he tries to cut the football back, it does give additional defenders the opportunity to pursue. It gives them more time. Almost like, you know, people used to coach against Barry Sanders back in the day where you just wanted to try to force him to cut it back, but just make sure you had pursuit angles in a position to get there when you did force him to cut back, there was that one, of course, electrifying play on more of a scramble moment against um, against the Eagles where he was able to, to, you know, rip the touchdown run off or actually what ended up not even being a touchdown, but rip the, uh, you know, the big chunk gain off. And the week before that, I think it was against uh, Green Bay where he had the touchdown run where he plants his foot and gets up the field. But like on the whole, 
We're seeing defenses try to try to stop him from working sideways more frequently. And so the vertical running lanes have been more effective lately for Justin Fields than the lateral ones. That being said, you know, he's still, I think, in that game against Buffalo where he didn't force the issue and get frustrated by it. That to me is a positive sign with a couple of games to go here because he's more and more comfortable sitting in the pocket. You know, I thought that there would likely be a couple of games in a row. I anticipated going into Philly because of the pass rush pressure that would be on him, that we'd see him get back, you know, up into double digits and carries to find a way to be effective in that game. And that was how that played out. I kind of thought the Buffalo game would be another example of that. That was part of why I left the game impressed that he didn't, he didn't force the issue with the carries. He didn't force the issue with trying to have the run game be what led him. He said, I'm going to try to control this game from the pocket. It didn't end up leading to, you know, extreme amounts of points on the board for the Bears, but, you know, you get a – there's one drive where you get Cole Komet with a first down drop on an easy swing pass that hits him in both hands. And then on the second down, they run the ball Cole Komet's direction. He gets blasted into the backfield, tackle for loss, Kingsley Jonathan in the revenge game for him. So, you know, that's one series that's stymied by a drop and then, you know, bad execution by Komet on a couple of plays in a row. Multiple other drops from other teammates, as has usually been the case, a big third down drop. From Dante Pettis, you know, in that same game, uh, another big third down drop by, you know, someone else who I'm, I'm forgetting in the moment. But that to me was a game where Justin Fields played within himself, played under control from the pocket. And overall, the Bears passing game just isn't effective enough yet between, you know, not only himself, but those around him to be able to truly attack defenses in the face of a game where opponents are, are finding ways to take the true consistency of Justin Fields' electrifying running abilities away from the Bears. And so I didn't mind him not sort of forcing the run game, you know, kind of try to impose the run game into that matchup with Buffalo because the opponent was doing an effective job of not having that be available to him. And he, in a very controlled manner, threw the ball effectively from the pocket in extremely difficult weather conditions to do so. And I certainly, I talked about it on the pregame show last week, with, uh, where David Hall was filling in for Mully and Patrick Manley, we were talking about like Buffalo is the squad that's in a position to perform really well offensively in the face of the conditions there that you experienced in person growths over at Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen, his mammoth frame, his mammoth hands, and his experience <laughs> playing in these conditions is going to be just fine. And Buffalo was the passing attack that looks far from what we normally expect from them. And Justin Fields and the Bears were the passing attack, were, were certainly the quarterback who looked far more in control of what he was seeing and trying to execute from the pocket. Well, and, and Ant, it's, it's funny too, because the Josh Allen, I'm, I'm not saying Justin Fields is Josh Allen. I'm just making the uh, comparison here. No, no, you want That's to say it, it, you Josh said it. Allen. Uh, through his first two seasons, though, I know a lot of this same stuff was being said about Josh Allen. All he does is run. He's not a good pocket passer, blah, 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 right? So, what, if any, similarities besides you know the the obvious ones? What else do you see there? I mean, is this a fair comparison for Justin Fields with with first two years, Josh Allen? I certainly think the development arc of Josh Allen is what you would hope for from Justin Fields and the Bears. And even while Mitchell Trubisky was still here at quarterback, and Josh Allen was early in his career. Josh Allen was a cop that I was discussing with folks for Mitchell Trubisky's development and, and Lamar Jackson and, and the development arc he had in Baltimore. Obviously, Lamar Jackson 
you know, different than, than both those guys, just in his running ability, but in the volume of carries, Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson, very similar, but in different offensive systems. But the comp I was at least drawing there was watching young quarterbacks who weren't being tasked with, with carrying the offense, like the Matt Nagy offensive system was tasking Mitchell Trubisky with, with being the playmaker and decision maker, snap in and snap out at a level that he just wasn't capable of. And they just continued to try to pound that through this brick wall in a way that didn't suit their quarterback and didn't suit their offense. Buffalo didn't do that early in the career of Josh Allen. They, they certainly do it a much higher clip now, but he's more capable of it now just the longer he's played the game. You get better at playing football by playing football, especially at the quarterback position. So he's far more capable of being the passer, the decision maker, the ball carrier that can be of MVP caliber now than he was a couple of years ago. And so you would hope that the Bears and Justin Fields will continue to find a way where as he does get surrounded by more talent. And part of the concern is that it just feels like there's more talent necessary everywhere. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say to Cole Komet, you know, that I'm, you know, down on Cole Komet big time again. But when he doesn't catch the football, that that's a big problem because he is limited in his ability for you to you know, Cole Komet is a guy who's been really effective this year in being schemed open. He's not a guy where you just drop back and within the drop back passing game, you can view him and his route running ability as a true matchup issue for the opponent. But the Bears and Luke Getz have done a really effective job of scheming Cole Komet open. So then who is your most reliable set of hands in a game like that when Justin Fields is throwing the football? It's probably David Montgomery because Darnell Mooney is out, because Chase Claypool has been unavailable. And, you know, I, I don't even remember if Nikhil Harry guessed for the game the other day He's or there. not. But yeah. yeah, right now, David Montgomery, your running back, is the guy who's probably your most effective route runner and pass catcher in those difficult conditions. So, I mean, it's just, it's not an offense. It's not a passing game that's suited for Justin Fields to do big things with right now. But when you're looking towards next season, how many spots can you add more competitive depth? Can you hopefully add true upgrades for playmakers at some of these spots? Like, I hope David Montgomery sticks with the Bears for a long time. I, just, I love his all-around game. But he's not a guy who puts the ball in the end zone. So you, you want true playmakers. You want touchdown threats. You want guys who scare defenses. And right now, Justin Fields is the only player on the Bears' offense that the opposing defensive minds have to game plan around, who strikes fear into the opponent. You need a receiver. You need a running back. You need a tight end. You need guys who scare the opposing defense that they have to snap by snap decide, how do we keep that dude out of the end zone? And right now, <laughs> Justin Fields is the only guy who the opposing defense says, we got to keep him out of the end zone because he can do it on any individual play. Anthony, great stuff as always. You've given us a lot to break down. We appreciate your time as always. And safe travels if you're still out. You're, you say you're still out east right now? Out east right now, yeah. Just made, I made it here. I actually, technically, well, not technically, literally Christmas morning. It was about 2 a.m. by the time I got here to my in-laws place out east uh, after finishing my Bears duties and flying from O'Hare and renting a car, driving where I needed to drive after flying into Boston. So, 
been here for a couple of days with them now. We'll continue to be here for a couple more days before I return to Chicago. And then I got all kinds of Big Ten bowl coverage happening on the Big Ten Network later in the week. And then as I heard you guys, I suppose, uh, debating, discussing, arguing, uh, uh, quotating perhaps, no comma including. I will also be on Bears pregame and the post-post show coming up this Sunday. You're the goods, man. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you, man. That was Anthony Heron. Of the pre and post, post, the post and pre post, and post, post show. and the pre pre and the pre post. He brought up a great point though about the the playmakers and the name Dave, and he's a huge fan of David Montgomery. But everybody assumes, or I feel like there's a lot of people thinking that the the Bears will bring back David Montgomery on mm-hmm. some sort of contract with all of the star running backs that are on the market, leading Tons. with yep. Saquon Barkley and company. But th- that's just it. They they need playmakers, and running back is a position in which the Bears could still use a playmaker. It doesn't necessarily mean that you dispose of David Montgomery, but I'm sorry, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, they are upgradable. So that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. When we come back, we are going to get to your phone calls. I appreciate 100%. the patience. has been terrific. And... We do have some lines open as well at 312-644-6767 if you want to call in on a Bears Monday. 312-644-6767. Along with Mike Esposito, I'm Mark Grody. We collectively are filling in for the Bernstein and Holmes Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Esposito and Grody on 670 The Score. Oh, man. This reminds me. This song reminds me of the... 
The overnight days. Did that happen? Did I do overnights last year? It was all a dream. It was all. No, it was not a dream. Actually, you did it. There's going to be a uh, reunion overnight show. We'll oh. be celebrating the the loss of Les Grobstein, which will be a celebration. It'll be fun. It'll be hilarious. Yep, is what it'll actually be. But uh, sometime in January, I love it. We are going to put together a big overnight party in honor of Les Grobstein. And, and to our texter who was looking for an explanation of the three technique, you're going to have to wait for that show. That's yeah, a newer type of thing. <laughs> You know, I mean, I can't just jump into that. You know, we'll see. I'm Mark Grody. He's Mike Esposito. We're in for Bernstein and Holmes here on a Bears Money. Bears lost to uh, the Buffalo Bills on Saturday, 35 to 13. That was Christmas Eve. If we all need to reorient ourselves and mm-hmm. get back to the basics of where we are and what is actually happening right now. 312-644-6767 is the number. Let's get to your calls. Steve in Columbus, Ohio, you are on the score. Hello? Hi, Hi, Steve. Steve. You made it. Oh, oh hey, sorry. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all, both of you guys. Thanks, buddy. Same to you, Steve. So, you know, the Chase Claypool trade kind of still uh, frustrates me. Um, I know he's been injured, and I, I also think that uh, Luke Getzey hasn't really done a great job getting him more involved to be honest. And, and, and this kind of raises questions. Did Ryan Pulse overestimated Chase Claypool? And were the coaching staff really, really uh, on board with this trade? And that's something that, whatever the issue that might be from this trade, I think this offseason is going to be huge for both men. I don't think there will never be another offseason where they have $100 million in salary cap and maybe the first or second overall pick. So I want Ryan Pulse to be really, really aggressive. And having to finish 3-14, and 14, I don't think it was in the uh, the bingo card of any fan or even both men, uh, Pulse and Iberflus, that is. So, you know, if next year at this time we're still talking about a team that has only won five or six games, I think there's a serious problem. I agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, yes. If the, Bears, if the Bears are a five or six win team at this point next year, yeah, there there are going to be. I mean, there needs to be there needs to be obvious improvement with this team next year, and some of that would come by way of the record. And he's kind of all over the place there. But the yeah, of course, it is the the Chase Claypool trade a bust? We we don't know. It's it's too early to call. Too that. Too early. Yeah, you can't. I mean, let's not base it on bust yet. No, let's not go there. It's been a struggle. The injury sucks. I mean that that suck that that puts in. And like I said, he told me that he, he's still week to week, and it's still his goal to play in either or both of the final games for the Bears this year. And Poles has come out and said, "Listen, you look at the free agent wide receiver market." which is why the main driver behind uh, the trade was there's not a ton out there in free agency. He wanted to make a move. They obviously like Claypool. I pulled up the free agent receivers while our, while our caller was talking. Unless Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, and maybe a DJ Chark does anything mm. for you. I'm more of a DJ Cello guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I actually don't mind DJ Chark, but there's not a, you know, you're not going to get Tyree Kill unless trade for him but there's nothing earth shattering out there Byron Pringle is out there as of next year uh, as is uh, 
uh, some of the other, you know, a lot of the older guys or a lot of the guys, you know, and you mentioned Akil Harry or yeah. Anted, uh, Jacoby Myers. I mean, there's nothing great out there that you're going to, that's going to make right. a huge difference, which is why Paul's thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger on Claypool and hope that he's, he's a potential wide receiver one in th- for us. In theory, it's a good idea. I in mean, theory, it's a good right. idea, but I, and that's why, and, and, uh, we talked about this earlier. I want to see him play the last oh, few yeah. games. In theory, it's a good idea, but it is a fact so far it does not look good no. and it needs to look a lot better and it would be really good if there was something encouraging in the final two games and you know I've said this exhaustively I did talk to Chase Claypool a couple of 3 weeks ago now and he did say hey look I I need a oh, I I brought up the question I'm not going to like act like he he brought it up I I asked him like do you need a full you know, training camp and preseason, he took it a step further. He's like, I can't wait for the OTAs, like to just really be with this team from the beginning and, you know, up until the start of the season. And hopefully that will make a difference. It seems to have made a difference for Justin Fields this year. Yeah. Getting to be the guy from the beginning of the season. Well, and if you have, you have a, some combination of Fields, Mooney, Komet, Claypool, whatever they add, you know they're going to add probably a lot of different things uh, to that receivers, tight ends, running backs area. Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, uh, whatever's left out of that, you figure the main guys will still be around with Montgomery, a question mark because he's a free agent. They're going to improve. They're going to spend money there. They're going to draft there. But yes, so what what do you have to build on from this year and who... Who can you bring in because they need that alpha dog? And you talk, we talked about Josh Allen with, with Ant, with mm-hmm. Big Ant Aaron. They traded for Stephon Diggs. And Gabe Davis is, is a nice piece, and Dawson Knox is a nice piece. But that passing game is a, is a lot different. Not that we saw it on Saturday with the Bears, but Stephon Diggs makes a huge difference in that passing game. Jimmy is in Tampa Bay. Hello, Jimmy. You're on the score. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Uh, Merry Christmas. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, man. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, cool. I'm gonna make. I'm trying to make two points, make them real, real quick. So going back to an earlier call, talking about uh, Pickens versus Bayless Jones in Pittsburgh, and how Ryan Post got taken. We gotta realize Pickens was a second round pick. He went number 52 overall. Bayless Jones was a third round pick. So if we want to talk about who's who, we need to talk about whether we want Brisker, uh, Gordon, or Pickens. Not Bayless Jones. It has nothing to do with Bayless Jones. You can say that was a bad pick and we overreached for him, but it has nothing to do with George Pickett. So I want to just put that to bed. Then number two, uh, with Claypool, uh, real quick, I think you guys remember he did more in his first game with us than he did ongoing. So I think that's a little bit more of the play calling than anything because we almost had a chance to win that Miami game, but the refs totally screwed us on that tackle, double tackle, on Claypool. I don't don't understand how – Jesse or uh, Fluce didn't go print the letter from the NFL saying we got fleeced and take that to the next game, show it to the officials and say, hey, I'm putting my guy in the same predicament. Make the freaking call. Right. Yeah, that and was that's the, all I got, guys. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I remember that. That was the, the go up and get it. And yep. there was the, the That was clear. That, yep. was, that was never called. And we've had a couple people now say play calling has been shameful for Chase Claypool. I – got to believe and I'm all for nitpicking play calling I'm not trying to protect yep. anybody here but I promise you that if Chase Claypool could have done more or had earned more while he was healthy Luke Getzey would have put him in more positions 
to be there. I mean, trust me, they they have this guy that they, they he knows what's at stake. They just traded for him. Yep. Yeah, and 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 Justin Fields knows what's at stake. I promise you. Luke Getze would be calling more plays for him if he was ready for the play. So right now, I'm leaving Luke Getze out of the Chase Claypool conversation. And and, uh, as the caller pointed out, that the second round of this past year's draft, uh, Christian Watson, the Packers receiver, we've seen him flash. He was right at the top of the round, but then the Bears took at 39 Gordon and then at 48 Brisker. Uh, and George Pickens went uh, four picks later at 52. So they could have taken him at either slot. I definitely remember talking about this around the draft. I also definitely remember Ryan Pohl saying that he had first round or super high grades on both of the guys that he took, and he was happy to do it. So that was his plan, and he stuck to it. Absolutely. Um, When we come back, I got to – I had a front row seat for a concert at Soldier Field on Saturday – and uh, and Spiegel and I also had a really cool guest on the radio who knows a lot about music that was on that Espo you will because you and I are the same age. I'm excited. You for will this. appreciate. Yes. So a couple of music nuggets for you and more of your calls here on a Bears Monday three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. I'm Mark Grody. He is Mike Esposito. It's Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Esposito and Grody on 670 The Score. Bed down. Yeah. Welcome back to the Bernstein Home Show. Mark Grody, Mike Esposito filling in for the guys until 2 o'clock today. I understand that Matt Spiegel and Gabe Ramirez will be manning the afternoon show today. Mike and I will be doing the morning show tomorrow. Yes, we will. In for Molly and Haw. I will be doing the morning show with Tom Thayer on Wednesday and then... The big finale of the week for me, anyway. Thursday, Steve Rosenblum will be doing Whoa, Thursday hey. suckage right there, my friends. It's coming at you, folks. What Stevie Sunshine got planned for uh, you? I don't know, man. We're gonna we're gonna find out. I'm looking forward. To, I saw that on the schedule. I'm like, oh, we're, we got it. We got an Espo. We got a Thayer, and then we round it all out. That's right. With Steve Rosenblum. Uh, that was the music of Lupe Fiasco you heard coming in. And Lupe, poor Down. Lupe. Yeah.
Poor Lupe Fiasco. Oh, my goodness. Somewhere along the line, probably, you know, over the summer or something, or when it was warm out, Mm -hmm. Lupe Fiasco agreed to do a concert at Soldier Field on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it's 16 below. Well, if you think about it, listen, on paper, it's, it's Christmas Eve, as you said. Families are over. People are watching football. It always happens every every Christmas and holiday season, right? But what you don't plan on is is the sixteen below part, right? So there, not only is nobody watching on TV hardly because uh, it's a three win Bears team. I mean, and people are watching. I, I kid, but there's certainly nobody there in person, like standing out there at halftime, except you, apparently. Well, so I saw him perform. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is what was going through my head. I'm like, all right, I I do need to get warm. You know, at halftime, but I don't want to miss Lupe. But Lupe. So I went in, got, you know, kind of readjusted some things, and then I'm like, I got to get back to Lupe. That's it. And so I, I run out, go run to the south end kind of zone. Kick push, man. Yeah, he's playing kick push, and I'm like right in front of him. He's dancing around. And at one point, I almost got in Lupe's way. Oh, boy. Because he's dancing, and I'm right, <laughs> I mean, I'm within feet of him recording. Yeah. You can actually see it on my Twitter at Mark Grody Sports. The wind kind of hinders it a little bit in the beginning. And I'm like, I'm, he was so close to me. And I'm like, had to back up really quick, and I'm uh-huh. like, uh, sorry, Lupe. Yeah. Didn't, didn't mean to almost hit <laughs> you there. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah, Lupe. <laughs> sorry, Lupe. Uh, but he was great, man. He was into it. He didn't, he was not acting cold. You know, he didn't come out like uh-huh. wearing, he was just wearing like uh, his, his casual clothes. I don't even know. I'll, he might have just done kick push because that's all I heard. He's from here. He's, yeah. he's undoubtedly Chicagoan. a Bears fan, yeah. Chicagoan, right. happy to be there, right? right. Putting so on a show for got, Soldier Field. He's got a little immunity to the cold. We all have that natural Chicago immunity to the cold, well, or do we? We lose it as we get older, it's, I've noticed. Uh, definitely. But it's, it's e- <laughs> if you know you're going to be out there for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever, it's easier to push through when you know it's like, all right, that, that forced air heater is uh, is calling my name in about uh, 12 seconds oh, here. Oh, man. Yeah, like I said, the the – the competition to get around oh. the, the metal heaters on the Bears' sideline, and they were well equipped with them. But the players were huddling, and like I said, they're cool. Like they allow, like if I want to come in and get a little warmed up, but it, it was jockeying for position. Uh-huh. Everybody was posting up on that heater, so I kind of had to stay back a little. Bit. I I love the the visual because Mark, of course, who does a wonderful job on the sidelines for right. WBBM during the game broadcast. That's right. It's it's a great spot. It's a great gig, right? It's awesome to be able to do that and be on the sideline and interact with the players during the game. But on a day like Saturday, when it's you know the sixteen below uh, factor, and you're trying to get some forced air heat on there, and the whole team is huddled around it, it's probably like, yeah, reporter, you you could come in like at halftime uh, or yeah, something. Well, right? Exactly. You find your moments. I've gotten yes. pretty good. I mean, I'm this sure. is not the first cold weather game I've worked. I know my moments, but my moments were a little bit more intermittent. I'll just say yeah. during this one, and, <laughs> and sure. I, I am I am not going to be the reporter that has a player nope. that irritates a player because he can't get his uh-huh. heat. So that's not the worst part of it. Is is that I have to often take off my gloves yep. to do things like in terms of reporting things mm-hmm. on Twitter, checking things that I need to check. I use it as my notebook to jot things down that I find interesting so I can remember to ask the questions after the game. So that's the part, man, like where you, the gloves are not keep coming off, and that doesn't help. That's where, no. the hand, that's where fresh hand warmers yeah. come in very handy to refresh the warmth. And that's something you don't think about. You think about it watching the game, but you know they have the gloves that they wear. You see them get bundled up. The players I'm talking about, 
when they're on the sideline, when, you know, if defense is on, then offense gets bundled up and they get their hands warm and whatever before they head out there. You don't have that luxury, right? You can't just stand in front of the heater while the defense is on the field before you run back out for offense. You're, you're, you're on for both both the offense and defense. You're on yeah. call. And like the whole keep moving thing, uh-huh. that wasn't working. No. That wasn't like for the players, man. <laughs> like a lot of times in these cold games, they're like they'll start to delayer. Not the case for this game. No. It was extraordinary. Let's go to uh, Daryl in Virginia here on a Bears Monday. Bears lose. They fall to the Bills and drop to 3-12 and on the season. Keep it here for a full reaction Bears. to the loss from Darryl. all of our shows and team of Bears experts, along with your reaction, too. Plus, we'll look ahead to their next game. It's the Detroit Lions on New Year's Day. We're talking Bears here on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Daryl? Dar- is Daryl there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Hello? Hey, Daryl. Yeah, yeah. The um, I, I wanted to make a couple of points. Um, the uh, offensive line. It looks like Ryan Poles. His uh, initial thought was to come in and redo the offensive line, and he he used. Of course, we we have Braxton Jones, and I don't know if he's a like a Charles Leno. Mm. It, 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 do you does he project as a Charles Leno type of player, and? Uh, now that Elton Jenkins is off uh, the free agency, is it realistic to, to think that we could rebuild our offensive line and, and grab other players, uh, you, know, you know, during free agency? And so I think this is a long rebuild. I think it's, it's longer than, uh, you, know, you know, you guys always say it's going to take a couple of years. And uh, as Bears fans, we want <laughs> instant gratification. And, it's it's going to be a build, and before we get to that, breaking news, breaking news on the score, presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. The Broncos have just fired Nathaniel Hackett. Wow, it happened. After after <laughs> yesterday. Yes, it happened. They just, they, uh, it they is went breaking and... news, and... Uh, they did what the Bears, what we thought Nathaniel the Bears Hackett. might be doing Eagle. last year when that one website reported that they were going to fire Matt Nagy. Oh yeah, remember that? Mm-hmm. that? So they, so Denver actually went through with their firing. That is, well, that that's not surprising. And you think about it though, and and I don't want to blow off uh, the caller's question, but you think about it, they just changed ownership, right? The Russell Wilson trade was made pre the new ownership taking over, so I, I have I have seen it. Uh, written and uh, reported that it's it was easier, it would have been easier, and it apparently was easier for them to make such a move because they didn't make this move. It, it's not yeah. their guy, right? Right, right. And clearly yeah, it was that's going... Great. That's cl- a great point. Clearly it was going very poorly. Yeah, wow. What an, I mean, that's embarrassing for him, for Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, that... I mean, I... Yes, he will I don't get it. disagree. He will get another job because everybody gets another job, whether it's as a head coach or as a coordinator. But wow, is that embarrassing? Mm-hmm. You know, hot shot name and just fails badly, falls on his face in Denver. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Broncos country. That's right. 
pretty bad. As far as the offensive line, we're, we're going to talk more about the offensive line yes. later. Is is Braxton Jones, Charles Leno? I don't know. I mean, he's got to add on some some strength and muscle. He, I mean, and we all know because he's revealed it himself, and we've seen it. You've watched it. I've seen it. You've seen it that he does struggle with the bull rush. One interesting thing, though, about the Bears' offensive line, I talked to Tevin Jenkins before the game, and nobody has talked to him yet since that scary neck injury. And I said, I asked him. I said, how how frightening was that? And he said, very. And then probably two sentences later, he said, yeah, I think I'm going to come back next week. So he, <laughs> he thinks he's he – Football. Does, yeah, he does think he's going to play next week, which I, which I think is amazing considering how just awful that whole scene looked at Soldier Field and stabilizing his back and then coming out on the stretcher and he had his eyes closed when he went in there. And he, he, he actually said that he thought about playing in the, in the game on Saturday. So I I think that's an incredibly good ending to what looked like an awful ending to Tevin Jenkins' season. And you mentioned, we'll talk O-line a little bit later, but you talk about Tevin Jenkins. You remember before the season, I know you remember, when everyone thought he was on his way out. And now you look at what has transpired this season in terms of O-line. He's probably your your best story, your best performance. He's so he's been sta- he stabilized the yep. offensive line, you know, and it is ironic relative to what we thought like you were saying at the beginning of the season. But we'll we'll talk more about that. Larry Borum's name will come up a little bit later. We'll break down the offensive line, what went on with them on Saturday and what the future of the Bears offensive line will look like. But coming up next, we will talk to our guy Dan Weederer from the Chicago Tribune, see what his thoughts are yes. on the Bears game from Saturday and a loss to the Buffalo Bills along with Mike Esposito. I'm Mark Grody, and for Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Broncos country, let's ride. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 